title that I gave to you today's sermon is actually it's called The Blessings of Wrestling with God. The Blessings of Wrestling with God. One of the things that people often ask me is that they often ask me, you know, am I really into hunting or fishing or things like that, into the outdoor sports? And I always tell them that I'm not. You know, no offense to those people who love fishing, but I've always found fishing to be the most boring thing to do, right? So I never really, I was never really into that because I did not grow up around uh, people who, was in, who were into fishing and hunting, but I grew up around people who were into wrestling, right? And so they loved the WWE. My father and all his friends, they loved the WWE. Well, back then it was called the WWF. And so nowadays it's called the WWE. Who here is, is a wrestling fan? Anyone? Okay, Keith is? Just Keith, huh? Okay, my father and his friends, they're really, really into wrestling. So that was actually the very first sport that I fell in love with. Okay, all the way until I got to like the sixth grade and I found out that it, was, uh, it wasn't real, that it was fake. <laughs> and, and, you know, it really, it really shocked me. I, I was in denial for a long, long time, you know, when I found that out. It was like, wow. I mean, that, that was the, but that was the very first sport that I really fell in love with. I, I remember as a kid when um, Randy Macho Man Savage took out, took out something from his underpants and hit Tito Santana across the head, and he beat Tito Santana for the Intercontinental Champion. Do, do you remember that, Keith? Okay, you do, right? Okay, so that, that was my first heartbreak, you know, in sports, right? And so that was a long, long time ago. But, man, that was the first, you know, wrestling was the first sport that I really fell in love with because that's what, you know, my parents, they really loved that. And nowadays, my dad and my stepmom, they still sit around the, the um, TV every single night, and they watch that every single night. Back then, wrestling would come, come off once a, once a week. You know, it would come on TV once a week. Nowadays, it comes on every single night, and so they watch it every single night, and, and they got Eli watching uh, wrestling with them, too, and so after Eli watches wrestling with them, Eli will come up into the room, and he'll take off his shirt, and he'll say, I'm John Cena, you know, let's, let's fight, let's wrestle, and he'll, you know, he'll start doing drop kicks on me and things like that, and so, um, yeah, but wrestling was the first thing I fell in love with, and as we read the scriptures, as we look into uh, Genesis chapter 32 here, we also see a wrestling match, and that wrestling match was between God and was between Jacob. And for about 20 years, for about 20 years, Jacob ran away from his home. You know, he, he, he's, he sinned against his brother. He stole the blessings from his brother. So his brother Esau was very, very angry at him. And so he ran away from home, and he went to live with his uncle, his, his, uh, his mother's brother. And so he went to live with his uncle, and he married both of his uncle's daughters. And... Um, also, he, you know, they gave him their, their maidservants and things like that. That's how the culture was back then. But he went to live with his uncle. He married the, the two daughters, and he started his own family. And so within that 20 years, that's what happened. And here in the passage, here in, here in chapter 32, we see that God has just told Jacob that it's time for you to go back home. It's time for you to go back home. And as Jacob was making his way back home, as he's about to enter back into his homeland, his brother, who was very angry with him 20 years earlier, was going to come and was going to come and meet him. And he was in great, great fear. He thought his brother was going to wipe him out. He thought his brother was going to kill him. And so he started, he, so in, in his time of great fear and in his time of great distress, as Genesis chapter 32, verse 7 through verse 8 says, that in great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups. 
You see, in, his, in the greatest time of his fear, when he was having the greatest fear and his greatest time of distress, what did he go back to? He reverted back to doing exactly what he's been doing his whole life. He went, he, went, he went back to that. Instead of depending on God, he went back and he reverted back to doing exactly what he's been doing his whole life. Because throughout his whole life, he was, he was always scheming, always plotting, always thinking of all these ideas. So what can I do to gain this? What can I do to gain that? What can I do to achieve certain success? So he's been plotting his whole life. He's, he's been scheming his whole life. He's been manipulating the situation his, his entire life. And as he came to this point in which he was in much, much distress because he thought his brother was going to kill him, he went back to that. He went back to that by scheming, by plotting, by trying to work his way out of that by himself. We have to understand one thing about Jacob's life is that before Jacob was born, God already promised his mother of a plan for Jacob. So God already had a plan for Jacob. Jacob was going to become the ruler. And so God already had this plan for Jacob. And yet, you know, I imagine that his mother would have told him this. I imagine so. And yet, even knowing this, even knowing that God already had a plan for him, he still did not trust in God. And throughout his whole life, throughout his whole life, he continues to scheme. He continues to plot. He continues to do all these things to achieve what he wanted to achieve. You know, there comes a point in time in everyone's life, in all of our life, all of our lives, in which our own vulnerability is presented before us. You know, we go throughout life doing our own thing. We go throughout life plotting, making up our own plans whether it's in life, whether it's in the church, whatever it is. But we go throughout life doing all these things. But there comes a time, a point of time in everyone's lives in which our own vulnerability is presented before us. And when that time comes, we realize one thing, that we're not God, that we're not God, and that the only hope that we have in life, the only hope that we have to overcome that situation whether it's financial crisis, whether it's marriage problems, whether it's because we're losing our jobs, whether it's personal issues that we may have, personal sins that we're dealing with, whatever the situation may be, there comes a point in time in which we realize exactly that the only hope that we have is for God to act, that we can't do it ourselves anymore. We can't do it ourselves. And the more we plot, the more we scheme, the more we plan, the more issues that arises. When we come to that point, how would we respond as Christians? How would you respond as a Christian? How would you respond? Would you desert God? Because many people do. Many people will follow God up to a certain point. And when they face these issues, when they face these crises, the answers for them is to blame everything on God and to simply desert him and to start going back to scheming, start going back to just doing their own thing. Or would we do like what, what Jacob did and we start wrestling with God 
and we start submitting ourselves to God. One of the things that we see in these Bible verses here, one of the things that we see as, as Jacob was wrestling with God is that we see that blessings come not from using God, but from submitting to him. You see, Jacob, like we said, Jacob throughout his whole life, we see that he was always manipulating everything. We see in Genesis chapter 25, verse 26, at his birth, this is what it says, that after this, after his brother was born, because his brother and, and he, they were twins. So his brother was the one that is the older out of the twin. And so after his brother was born, this is what the Bible says, that after this, his brother, talking about Esau, came out with his hand grasping we're talking about Jacob's hand grasping Esau's heel. You see? You see, Esau was the older one. And as Esau was being born, there Jacob was. And Jacob was just grasping Esau's heel. See, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of his birth, that's what he was doing. He was trying to win. He was trying to be number one. He wanted to be the one that was to be born first. And as we continue to read on about Jacob's life, we see in Genesis chapter 25, verse 31, as his brother was very, very hungry, he used that opportunity, instead of to, to just help out his brother, he used that time to get the birthright from his brother. And this is what it says, Genesis chapter 25, verse 31, Jacob replied to his brother, first, sell me your birthright. Sell me your birthright. You see, this was, this was Jacob using his brother's time of hunger to manipulate his brother so that he will have that birthright of being the older one. That's, what, that, that's something that was very, very important in their time, in their culture. And so he wanted that so much. Even though God already made a plan for him that the older would serve the younger. God already had that plan for him, but he was still manipulating the whole situation. He still wanted to use his own ways of trying to achieve these things. We read in Genesis 27 of Jacob deceiving his father as his father was aging and his father was very old. His father couldn't see anymore. And Jacob used that chance, that opportunity to deceive his father to give blessings to him, blessings that were supposed to go to his older brother. And that's why his older brother became very angry with him. And that's why he had to leave. That's why he had to move on. That's why he, had to, he left his home for 20 years. And as he was manipulating the situation, as he was scheming, we also see one thing about Jacob, was that he always used God's name, or he always used God as the reason for these things. A lot of times we do that too. We scheme ourselves. We plot ourselves. We make plans ourselves. It's not God, but we, we say it's God doing it, right? We say it's God that's doing it. And that's exactly, that's exactly what Jacob was doing for the, for, most, for the most part of his early life. As he was making all these plans, he was always saying that it's God that did it, God that did it. So he blamed everything on God. And as we come to Genesis chapter 32, verse 9, we see something here. We see something here. The order in which the verse is talking about here, it's talking about him being in great fear, and then he made these plans. He made this plan, and then we see in verse 9, it says, Then Jacob prayed. 
You see that? You see what he's doing here? He made his plan first, and then he prayed to God, saying, God, you are to, to fulfill my plan. We do that too, right? Yeah, we do that too. That's the wrong order. That's not how we're supposed to. As Christians, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray first, and then we work with God. But Jacob wasn't doing that. Jacob was making all these plans as he was being afraid of his older brother. He was making all these plans, and then the Bible says he prayed. And then he prayed. And that's something we have to remember, that that's the wrong order as Christians. That's not how we are to do. That's not what we are to do. But instead, we need to pray first so that God will reveal the plan for us. As we go on, we see that God wanted to bring him home. And one of the things that God wanted to do was to bring him back, back home so that he can face his past sins. So that he can face not... He wasn't coming back to face his brother, but he was coming back to face his past sin, to come back to face his past life. And sometimes in life, in order for us to really achieve that blessing, in order for us to really move on with our life, is we need to tackle our past. We need to come face to face with our past. And we need to put closure to our past. Instead of running away from our issues, instead of running away from our problems like Jacob did for 20 years, we need to face our problems. And that's what God wanted to do because God was preparing him to be the man that God wanted him to be. And so God brought him back to face his past, to face his issues. The Word of God says that, our rest, that we don't wrestle against flesh and bones, but we wrestle against the power of this world. And, and part of that is, is the sins that we committed in the past. It's the sins that we committed in the past. And he committed this sin, this great sin against his brother. And he needed to go back and face that issue. We also see as we continue on, it says that after, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possession, and so Jacob was left alone. It is in his time in which he was all alone that he actually wrestled with God. How many times do we spend time alone with God in your personal life? Because that's what we need. Jesus Christ spent a lot of time with God by himself. We see many people in the Bible spend a lot of time with God by themselves. For us, many times we come to church, we worship, but when we go home, we have no time for God anymore. And we see that the blessings came when he was alone. When he was alone. And at that time, God came and wrestled with him. If we, if we look at this from, from the Hebrew perspective, it's more about God is actually the one that's initiating this wrestling match. He's actually initiating this, this wrestling match. And as, as Jacob was wrestling against him, Jacob was trying to overcome that. Jacob was exercising his own will to overcome that. And we see who is it that Jacob was wrestling with. It says in verse 24, a man, a man wrestled with him. Towards the end, Jacob says that I have seen God. There's two, there's two nature here. There's two nature here. The, the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is revealing to us here that he was wrestling, Jacob was wrestling with Jesus Christ himself. The one with two nature, the nature of man and the nature of God. We also see the blessings comes from those who value and seek it. 
I have, a, I have a long story to tell about this, but we don't have time. A lot of times in our life, we don't value blessings. I know in the Hmong culture, we value blessings so much that um, a lot of times, even at funerals, we, we hire a, a person to come and bless us. And we'll pay them thousands and thousands of dollars to bless us. And a lot of times, they have those blessing ceremonies for the family in, at the night, you know, during the nighttime. So no one else is there. It's just the family so that the family will receive the blessing because they don't want anybody else to receive the blessings. They, want the fam- they just want the family to receive the blessing. So they hire somebody to come and give that blessing. And we see Jacob was someone who valued that blessing. And even though he was scheming his whole life, he really valued that. And as he was wrestling with God, as he was wrestling with God, the thing that he was asking for, the thing that he ended up asking for from God is that would you bless me? And as, as he was going from this man, this man who was lying and deceiving other people, to this man who was wrestling with God, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. That's, that's a significant thing also. That's a significant thing also because the word Israel means being governed by God. So he was no longer this person who was deceiving but God has changed his name to someone who's now being governed by God. Someone who's finally now submitting himself to God. And that's what the story teaches us. That as we wrestle with God, as we wrestle with God, that he, he's willing to humble himself. You see, God could, could have just finished the match right away, but instead he humbled himself. He lowered himself. He weakened himself to allow himself to wrestle with Jacob all night. Until finally, until finally he crippled Jacob. And Jacob had no choice but to submit himself to God and to cling on to God. And when he was finally able to cling on to God, he says, God, I will not let go until you bless me. And just as God lowered himself to wrestle with Jacob, on that night, 2,000 years later, that very same God, that very same God lowered himself and weakened himself. And he was born and he lived a perfect life. And he carried that cross in Jerusalem. And he walked up that hill and he died on the cross for us. And he invites us to come to him with our questions, with our doubts, with our fears. He invites us to come to him and to wrestle with him as he prepares us for something so much greater. So our true, our blessings, our true blessings does not come from what we do, but it comes from when we wrestle with God. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father. We thank you so much for revealing the story of Jacob for us. That Jacob was blessed very, very much through his wrestling with you, Father. And Father, we ask that you give us the strength to be able to also wrestle with you. And in that wrestling match, Father, we ask that you give us the heart to be able to submit ourselves to you, submit ourselves to your will, that we will just let go of our own will, Father, and that we will come after you and submit ourselves to you. And in that submission, Father, we will truly feel and will truly receive the true blessings that comes from you. So, Father, we lift all, all people up to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.